Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. The will of caucus was very clear, but I made the decision. So that was the prime minister today was asked about uh, Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould and the decision to kick them out of caucus, that he was the one who made the decision. But that's not how it's supposed to work. This was Jane Philpott in the House of Commons today, asking the speaker to take a look at how this was handled and the question of whether the Prime Minister might have violated the Parliament of Canada Act. When the Prime Minister and his office prevented Liberal members of Parliament from exercising their rights under Section 49.8, they violated the rights of Liberal members in three ways. The Prime Minister's words that night to the Liberal caucus are important to underscore because expulsion should not be his decision to take unilaterally. However, the decision had been already made. So there's a legal question here. I think there's been a lot of political discourse about, you know, whether the prime minister was right to do what he did. You know, were these two causing problems for him and his party? Did they need to go, et cetera? Again, I mean, I I don't know that we really want to to have a system where the leaders have that that amount of power. Where they can just on a whim decide that, that a member is now suddenly out of caucus. Do the MPs answer to the leader? Do the does the leader answer to the MPs? And I think that's an important question to consider. But there are some legal principles as stem from the Parliament of Canada Act. Now, it's interesting because when I heard all of this today, I thought, well, you know what? I just read about that. In fact, a week ago today, Conservative MP Michael Chong had a really fascinating thread on his Twitter page explaining all of this in great detail. I wanted to find out a bit more about all of this so. Let's go to Conservative MP Michael Chong. He's the MP for Wellington, Halton Hills uh, in Ontario. Mr. Chong, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Well, as I say, about a week ago, you were warning that, in fact, uh, the Prime Minister may very well have violated the rights of of these two MPs. So I suppose you weren't surprised then to hear this point raised in the House today. No, I wasn't. And it's very concerning. Uh, The law was violated. The law was broken. And the Prime Minister and his leadership team acted illegally in preventing Liberal MPs from exercising their right and their obligation under Section 49 of the Parliament of Canada Act. Now, what does that act or what does that section of the act specify? That act says that four recorded votes are to take place at the first caucus meeting after a general election. The first Liberal caucus meeting took place on November 5th, 2015. At that first caucus meeting, Liberals were to have voted four times on four different rules concerning the power of the Prime Minister and the power of caucus members. Those four votes did not take place. And as a result, uh, one of the four votes that did not take place was the rule concerning secret ballot caucus expulsions. And so the the result of this illegal act on November 5th is now that the chickens have come home to roost, and now we have a question about the Prime Minister's action uh, to remove these two members from caucus last week, Tuesday. Okay, so it's it's not any kind of a defense to say, well, because we didn't vote on this in our first caucus meeting, that those rules don't apply, that we don't have to use uh, any kind of a, a secret ballot to decide this. That's right. The 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 section forty nine point uh, eight subsection three is clear. These votes are to be recorded votes, where every member's yay or nay is to be recorded once the vote is completed, the results are tallied, and the rule is either upheld or it's defeated. If the rule is defeated, 
then the caucus operates under unwritten guidelines, unwritten conventions, and they can do the leader can do whatever he or she wants. But if the rule is upheld, then, for example, the rule, the rule number one on caucus expulsions, then there's a clear process for members to go through if somebody wants them expelled. It's a pretty high threshold to expel a member under that written rule. Uh, first, uh, at least 20% of caucus have to ask the caucus chair in writing in a letter. In this case, it would be 36 Liberal MPs. They have to ask the caucus chair for a secret ballot vote to expel, to expel a member. And then secondly, a majority of Liberal MPs have to vote to expel. In other words, not just MPs present, but an absolute majority of the entire caucus. And there's about 100 and, there was 179 Liberal MPs. So what that means is that at least 90 MPs had to vote to on a secret ballot to expel. If only 120 show up, they still need the 90 votes for expulsion. So it's a pretty high threshold and a clear, fair process to expel a member. But that option uh, was denied to Liberal MPs because the leadership of the Liberal Party wouldn't even let them have the vote whether to adopt that rule or to defeat it. So what, what is the default then if a party doesn't, doesn't make a decision? That's a great question, Rob. We are into uncharted territory. When you break the law and you don't follow the rules, you're into uncharted territory. Yeah. And so my argument has been that until the authority or authorities to expel or make clear, nobody should be removed from that caucus. And I think the remedy in this situation is one of two things. Either the Liberal caucus, three and a half years late, conducts the four recorded votes with respect to each of those four rules, either adopting them or defeating them, or uh, they assume that the four rules were adopted and conduct a secret ballot vote for the expulsion of those two members in question. So I think those are the two remedies in this situation. Um, but the decision that the Prime Minister made last week, Tuesday, to remove these two members has been done on questionable authority, is entirely unfair, denies those two, uh, Ms. Wilson-Raybould and Dr. Phil Pot procedural fairness, and is entirely ad hoc and arbitrary. Right. So the violation of the law, that's what occurred in 2015, is the violation of the law here. That's right. By not recording these votes. That's right. And it's only come to light now because of these two removals last week, Tuesday. And we now have confirmation from three members of that caucus uh, just in the last several weeks, public confirmation that the law was broken on November 5th, 2015. The chickens didn't come home to roost for three and a half years, and now they have. Right. And we know full well that there was no secret ballot. I mean, the prime minister even today says he made the decision to to expel these two members. So we know how that unfolded. Yeah, and this is very concerning. This speaks to the rule of law. Either we are a country governed by law where everybody, whether they're powerful or not powerful, whether it's the prime minister or just an ordinary Canadian going about their business, must follow the law. And if there's any place in this land where the rule of law must be upheld and held sacrosanct, it's in the Parliament of Canada where lawmakers meet to make laws that apply to all Canadians. This is a very serious issue. The only recourse these two members have to enforce their rights is through the speaker on this case of privilege, on this case uh, of a breach of their rights. There is no recourse to the courts. The Supreme Courts and other courts of the land have long made clear that when it comes to statutes, when it comes to laws that concern the internal affairs of the House of Commons, its parliamentary committees, or its its uh, parliamentary parties, that the courts will not intervene. 
And that was made clear in the most recent NTP satellite office case, where the Court of Appeal said we can't intervene uh, with decisions made on the, in the House of Commons. The only option they have is through the Speaker, and that's why I hope that he rules that there's a prima facie case of a breach of their rights. Your thoughts on uh, why this matters, why it's important that, that, that there is this kind of due process, why it's important that, that leaders not be able just, uh, to just arbitrarily kick uh, MPs out of caucus, that the MPs have some, some say, some power that they can hold the leader to account even? Well, I think there's two reasons, Rob. First, everybody in this country should follow the law. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, uh, powerful or, or not powerful, whether you're you know, you have access to the highest uh, echelons of power or you're just an ordinary Canadian going about their work. Everybody in this country should be subject to the laws. There should be no ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions. The second reason why this is important is that in following the law, we better balance the power of a PMO and individual members of parliament. For too long, the prime minister in this town has, has controlled too much, and no one person in this country should have that amount of power. And so by following the law and allowing individual MPs to decide what powers the PM has with respect to caucus expulsions, with, ex- with respect to election of caucus chairs, with respect to election of an interim leader, and what powers MPs will have, will better balance power between the PMO and elected members of parliament. And that's good for Canadians, and it's good for our democracy. People can follow you on Twitter at Michael Chung MP, also MichaelChung.ca. Really appreciate the explanation of all of this, and thanks for making some time for us here today. Thanks, Rob, for having me. Take care. Uh, that is Conservative MP for Wellington, Halton Hills, in Ontario, Michael Chong. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Michael Chong MP. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.